Did you know that Christmas has come early for us here at Xgrowth? Whether you may or may not celebrate, we've got a special gift made just for you. Tucked in our pod description, you'll find a link to your very own copy of the 2023 State of Account-Based Marketing in APAC report. Want a sneak peek? Well, despite budget cuts, 0% of surveyed APAC marketing leaders plan to reduce their ABM investment. In fact, 65% view ABM as a crucial part of their marketing spend. Uncover the insights and strategies used by the top marketing leaders. So don't miss out and grab your copy now to stay ahead in the ABM game. What's up, marketers, and welcome to another episode of the Growth Colony Podcast. I'm Liza from Xgrowth to tell you that each episode we bring in B2B leaders to chat about how you can achieve those everyday wins in the marketing world. Whether you're new to the B2B game, working at a leadership level, or even just showing some interest, we know you'll love the episode. So grab a drink, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. I'm Shane Hoda with X-Growth, and today I'm talking to Yulia Olenikova, Head of Marketing at Enrich, about how to build your ABM tech stack. This is a question that we hear quite a lot, especially at X-Growth and the clients that we work with in terms of what are the tools that I need? How are they going to work together? What are the bits and pieces and what order should we get them and so on and so forth? So it is definitely, and even though it's it's important to know that, that the tech is not everything, still it is a, uh, it is a, it is a big part of, uh, of ABM and there's a lot that you can do with, with tech that you might not be able to do without it. So I'm really excited to, uh, to dive in. Yulia, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Shahin. Thanks for having me here. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Let's, Yulia, let's dive in. Let's dive right in and talk about the, the first question that I have for you is what are the fundamental elements uh, of every ABM tech stack? What, what are those fundamental pieces that you think from an ABM tech stack, each organization that are re- is really serious about ABM should have? Uh, well, I would start actually with the fundamentals and uh, the fundamental element here for any ABM tech stack, for any ABM tool is the ability to serve your goals. And the goals can be actually very different depending on on the overall setup in the organization, on which teams are piloting ABM, on uh, like the size and a thousand of other factors. So whether you just want to categorize and tier your 50K accounts you have in your CRM, or do you want to land just one million client, I mean one one million client, or do you want to give five key accounts to each of your four reps to work on, and that would be like just 20 accounts. It will be really different, the whole composition of the tech stack and uh, how yeah, how many elements it should have. I would say that one key ability, though, is to, to be able to integrate with the tools you, do, you use on a daily basis. That's, that's really crucial because uh, if the tool 
needs to be approached like from, I mean, you need to use a different interface. You just need to open this one new tab every day, log in and get used to this, to this new interface. It's very probable it's just not going to work. So my piece of advice here is look at how every new solution, every new tool that you are going to purchase is able to integrate with what your sales reps, what your marketers are already working with. Got it. Got it. So you're saying, in, first of all, integration is super important. Absolutely. You also talked about that it your goal is really important. Of Are you looking at targeting a large number of accounts, which tends to be account expansion as a net new acquisition of logos, right? Or if you're looking at a net new acquisition for a small number of accounts, or you're looking at an account expansion, do you think we can break those down in terms of like tech stack? What do you think is important? Let's let's go with the situation where we're looking at a large number of accounts, you know, maybe in the thousands of accounts that we're going to tar- target. Right. What would that tech stack look like and, and how would it be different from a tech stack where you're looking at a very small number of accounts? Well, for whenever your goal is to work with a large number of accounts, thousands or even dozens of thousands, we, we had a client recently whose first um, inquiry was, we have 48,000 accounts in our database and we really want to figure out what, what to start with, how to start working with them in the most efficient manner. So for this purpose, the fundamental element of the ABM tech stack should be actually the ability to identify the, the lowest hanging fruits and the, let's say, the accounts that you should approach in the first place, like immediately. So I would say that a combination of the ability to identify the accounts that are that fit your ICP and the ability to identify the accounts that uh, have intent towards your category or even better, your actual product that are visiting your website, that are already interacting with your content on social platforms or through advertising. So this is key because when you have this intersection of the ICP fit and the right buyer intent, that's where the sweet spot is. Like you know that those accounts are more likely to convert already and they already know about your product. So everything that you have to do now is to just get in front of them with as much relevant offer as possible through sales or through marketing and ideally actually through both. Interesting. Okay, so you're suggesting, so when you're saying intent, so you're saying, so you need a tool that identifies your your ideal customer profile. So this could be as simple as a LinkedIn sales navigator, or it could be more sophisticated tools where you can identify the specific accounts. And then you talk about intent, but it sounds like you're talking about, you mentioned that, you know, with intent, you would know the companies that know about your or know about your product. So I'm guessing you're, you you would say that the the first level is to identify first party intent data. So meaning that organizations that are after know about you and and they're looking at your products. Is that Absolutely. is that right before going to third party intent? 
Absolutely, absolutely. That's that's what we recommend like whenever it's possible. If you already have a website and you and you already have a traffic on your website, if you are not a startup that was born like three months ago, you have already like some some accounts, some companies that you can work with. And uh, if you are able to identify those those companies, those contacts using also the contact data provider, that's absolutely the first thing I would recommend to start with. Got it. Got it. Where would you go from there, Ilya? So, um, well, when you and uh, when you identify the uh, the accounts that fit your ICP and the accounts with uh, intent, that's where you can start actually approaching them. And uh, this goes beyond the ABM tech stack, actually, but I guess that Everyone does actually this actual customer customer research, buying research. So most probably you already know what are the channels your target accounts, your ideal target accounts are present in. In B2B, that's, that's LinkedIn like 98% of the time probably. So yeah, that should be LinkedIn. That can be actually some, let's say, some communities or some media or some uh, events they are attending. So the next step, at least for the marketing team, is to make sure you are, pre- you are present there for them. And ideally, you are present in multiple places to ensure the multiple touch points and to create this impression for them, like, okay, those guys are everywhere. Looks like I need to check them out. And yeah, that's, I mean, that, that really depends on, on the niche, on the profile, on the job title, persona, and so on. Uh, but yeah, the, the next step is to actually start appearing in front, uh, in front of them. And the second fundamental element is to do this with a relevant content. So it's not about just showing your logo which can be a first step in generating like this very, very basic awareness. But really what is necessary here is to show that you understand their pain points and you are able to solve them. So yeah, that's about content. That's about the distribution channels. Got it. Got it. And Yulia, how would this be different if I'm looking at a small number of accounts? Like you said, you know, you gave the example of, you know, we have four reps and each are responsible for for five accounts. So a total of 20 accounts. What would be your recommendation there? So, well, for this one, uh, one to few, one to one approach, I would say that creativity is more involved here than with one too many ABM, and well, that's uh, that's probably my personal take. But with one to few, with one to one, this is where you can really unleash your creative potential and uh, do some really standout campaigns and uh, carry out some some research that that is really not about their business needs, probably, but also the personal needs. So we had an interview with a candidate recently and she shared a, an example of the campaign, of the one-to-one campaign they, they carried out for one of the clients. So what she had to do is to actually research how this decision maker commutes to work. So is it metro? Is it 
train? Is it car? And based on this, what would be the like the most ideal place to put up a banner, to put up a billboard? So yeah, that's that's something you can only do when you have one account or I don't know, like maximum three probably. Yeah, a handful of accounts, and you can get very very personal. Yes. Yulia, what are some of the mistakes you've seen people make when it comes to building their ABM tech stack? That can sound kind of surprising, I guess, from a marketer of an ABM platform, but starting with buying an ABM platform is the number one mistake I see when, when people want to start ABM. So buying a tool doesn't help, and uh, it, it doesn't depend on how expensive the tool is uh, when you don't have the foundations. And that's, that's boring, I know, but starting with the foundations is still the number one thing to do. And by foundations, I mean uh, defining your ICP, looking at the accounts you already have in your CRM, uh, you already work with, identifying which of those convert better, faster, with higher ACV, so basically calculating the sales velocity of those accounts and looking at what those accounts have in common in terms of criteria. And it's not only about firmographics. So ICP, ICP does have firmographics as parameters, but that's, that's not it. It can be also about the tech. It can be also uh, about the, like, the job titles, the exact locations people are in, or I don't know, like whatever. And once you figure this out, you really want to understand where those accounts consume information, consume content, so that you want to be in front of them. How many of those accounts you actually have in, uh, in your like, target addressable market. And most importantly, sales are on board and sales have buy-in into this idea as well. That's a really tough question, honestly, because that's where most of the conversations about ABM actually stop. So. It's not maybe necessary to have all the sales team on board and uh, enthusiastic to start doing ABM, but actually having even one or two people that are able, that are ready to do this pilot and take those, I don't know, 30, 50, 100 accounts, approach them with this joint sales and marketing approach and see then what, what happens in terms of the response rate in terms of the conversion, in, ter- in terms of the time to create an deal or time to value, this can be also an option. Got it. I mean, that's that's great input. And I think it would be really interesting to also hear, you talked about integration, right? Right. And that was right at the beginning of the conversation of how important it is. Knowing Enrich is, um, is an ABM platform as well, what is the best practice with, with regards to integration. How does Enrich come into the ABM mix when, uh, when you know, you're looking at uh, the ABM platforms? Well, we have, uh, we have several uh, integrations with CRM systems, with marketing automation platforms, with uh, advertising platforms. What I use myself on a daily basis, and I, I do use Enrich for our own campaigns, naturally, is the integration with the CRM, which is HubSpot, and the integration with uh, LinkedIn ads, because, well, as our target personas are marketers and salespeople in the B2B, in the B2B tech space, everyone is uh, on LinkedIn, so 
the LinkedIn ads integration is really fundamental for us. And our own, so that uh, how our own Enrich plus LinkedIn integration works is that we are able to push segments, target account segments that are built through Enrich based on either ICP feed or already existing buyer intent, whether it's the website visitors that we are able to identify or the accounts that interacted with uh, account-based ads that you run through Enrich, or ideally it's the combination of both. So as a result, you have a segment of accounts that you already know are really a good fit for you and you push them as a LinkedIn matched audience and on LinkedIn, you actually do the retargeting because I mean, uh, probably for every B2B marketer, the cost of <laughs> interaction on LinkedIn is, uh, is always a pain because LinkedIn is, is an expensive platform. Definitely. And when you have to start with a cold layer and do this initial, initial engagement, uh, I mean, just, just showing yourself, just showing your logo, usually in this layer, you already spend quite a lot. And that's something that you can delegate to programmatic ads. This especially works if you have a lot of target accounts. This, this for sure won't work if it's up to 1,000 accounts, I would say. But if it's a big account list, like 25K or 10K accounts, this can really be a time saver and, and money saver in the first place. And that's what we are using ourselves. Got it. Yulia, what do you think, how do you think the ABM tech landscape is going to evolve in the coming months and years? <laughs> that's a really good question. That's, that's really interesting. We, uh, we are wondering ourselves how, how it's going to change because uh, it's, it's really changing rapidly. HubSpot acquired Clearbit. And yeah, I, I would say that it's maybe controversial, but... On one hand, there is this insane consolidation uh, when, when like platforms are merged and uh, you basically have this revenue intelligence, like account-based revenue intelligence, sales intelligence platforms that are really monsters and you can do literally everything. And on the other hand, I think we will see some super niche really small tools that pop up in the market and and find their audience quite quickly that are able to solve one really small specific problem like scrape LinkedIn contacts from 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 some specific community or something like this and those tools do only this eventually those tools I think will be acquired by the giants but but anyways they will be starting as, as those like really, really niche uh, solutions to a really small problem. So that's, that's my take on it. Love it. Xgrowth has helped B2B tech companies design campaigns that open doors in their strategic target accounts, roll out targeted ABM programs, scale ABM programs, and select the right tool and tech stack for a successful ABM initiative. These are all things Xgrowth has helped their clients with. If you're interested to learn how Xgrowth can help your firm's ABM program, check out Xgrowth at xgrowth.com.au. That's xgrowth.com.au and chat with the 
APAC AVM Agency. Yulia, let's do some rapid fire questions. So the first question that I have for you is what is one resource? This could be a book, a blog, a podcast, a talk that has fundamentally changed the way you work or you live. What what comes to mind? <laughs> it took me some time to pinpoint one resource and I eventually came to a conclusion that it's not the one that you read or listen to, but it's the one post or podcast or book that you create yourself. So learning by doing is is really a way. So yeah, I would say that, uh, well, maybe that this will sound like <laughs> kind of egoistic in a way, but um, when I started working on my own LinkedIn profile, it really helped me get all my ducks in a row regarding regarding like the understanding of ABM and uh, and the content creation and a bunch of other things much faster than when I was reading or listening to people. So until you actually apply all that you hear, all that you read into practice, it's not completely it. You need to work on it yourself. I love it. I love it. Okay. Second question is if you could give one piece of advice to B2B marketers, what would it be? I would say it's about learning the basics because it's so easy now to get lost into this like shiny new things. I, I guess that the shiny object syndrome is like the, the worst, is the number one problem for B2B marketers now. To be honest, I, I am experiencing this myself and I guess a lot of people, uh, a lot of people can relate here. But really, learning the, the fundamentals, learning the basics is, is, is super important. Like um, the fundamental psychological principles and how, how people actually decide what is, what is the mechanism, what are the triggers to, to make this decision that you actually want the person to make. And fundamentals of writing and the persuasive techniques and things like that. So that's not about mastering this another AI tool or this new, I don't know, social platform that popped up. It's about understand, uh, understanding how your buyers buy and uh, what is the most efficient way for you to convince them to buy. Got it. Got it. That's great. That's a great advice. Third question. Who are some of the influencers that you follow in the marketing and sales space? I really like what uh, Hockey Stack is doing. That's a company from the U.S. That, but the guys are initially from Turkey, and they uh, so they create they created a platform for marketing attribution, and I really like their approach to to how yeah to how they communicate essentially with their audience, how they how they create content on the intersection with educating the audience and uh, entertaining the audience. So their resource, which is called The Flow, it's like Netflix for B2B marketers, and I really love this positioning. As far as I know, they are also creating it with really like, well, not low costs, but at, at a really, like with really moderate expenses compared to the quality that they eventually get. So yeah, I, I really recommend to follow Obaid Durani, the head of content, and uh, Amir. So they are 
really great and they provide really fresh perspective on on what you can do with B2B marketing. Got it. Got it. Okay. Have That's you, fantastic. Yeah. Have you heard about them? I have. I have come across Hockey Stack. I have not dived deep into. Uh, um, I, I saw one of my one of the uh, one of the friends of mine became an advisor there recently. And now that you've yes. mentioned it, I think I saw it a couple of days ago. Now that you've mentioned it, I definitely need to dive in and have a have a closer look at what they're uh, what they're doing. So uh, again, thanks for putting that on my radar. <laughs> Now, last question that uh, I wanted to ask you is, what excites you about B2B today? I was reading recently that the, uh, like the way to stay young as long as possible is to keep building, like to keep doing things that help you build new neural connections. So essentially de- developing your neuroplasticity. And I guess that People that work in B2B and especially B2B marketers will stay young like forever because we, <laughs> we, we have to really, just keep learning. We really, we really have to build those new neural connections like every day. And this combination of fundament, uh, fundamental things that you always need to be learning, that you always need to keep in mind and the new tactics that pop up literally every day i don't know maybe every every minute actually ai and well <laughs> ai alone i think it's uh, like it's a huge thing and yeah everything combined so you need to to run in a lot of different directions at the same time and try to be to be successful pretty much everywhere so yeah that's that's what i that's what I love about B2B, about B2B marketing, about marketing in general. So yeah, we will we will stay young really for long, I'm sure. Love it. Love it. That's uh, that's amazing. Yulia, this has been an awesome conversation. I want to just say thank you for coming on the podcast and, and all the insights. I definitely have a few things that I have to take away and, and look up after this chat. But uh, I just want to say thank you for your time and, and again, all the uh, all the great insights. Thanks, Shaheen. It was such a great conversation. Thanks for having me. Today's episode of Growth Colony was produced by Alexander Hipwell and Liza Maywald. It was edited by Dave Semedo with additional editing by Liza Maywald and music arrangement by Alexander and Liza. Special thanks to Tina Wabe. We couldn't make the show without you. Growth Colony is hosted by Shaheen Hoda, Director of Growth at Extra. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Do you think you'd be a great guest or just keen for a chat? Send through an email at podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's podcast at xgrowth.com.au. That's all for now. We'll catch you next week right here on Growth Colony.